You're listening to Hilltop History, a Fort Henry podcast. Step behind the limestone walls of Fort Henry National Historic Site as we explore Canadian history with a focus on Kingston's cultural heritage landscape. Untold stories, intriguing interviews. You're sure to discover a whole new perspective of the fort as we take you through time. So let's dive in. Hello, and thank you for tuning in today. I am so excited about today's topic. Today, we are talking about an incredible relationship that has continued for generations across our borders. Joining me today is Steve McCready. Steve, thank you so much for taking the time to hop on the mic with me today for this episode. Well, I'm very happy to be here and talk about one of my favorite subjects. Amazing. Yes, it's a goodie. Now, you have an impressive history and connection to Fort Henry and the city of Kingston, so let's start with that. From guard to commander to curator to even an author and a teacher, um, you have a lot of titles. <laughs> let's talk about uh, your history. What's your, your Fort Henry story and a little about your background that you can share with everyone? Okay, sure. Uh, well, I, I came here to work at Fort Henry in uh, June 1974. Uh, I came from Kitchener-Waterloo, and I was going to go to Queens in the fall, so well, I might as well get a job at Fort Henry, right? So I did. Uh, I worked there as a student uh, from 74 to 80. I had many, many jobs there. Ended up being the guard captain, which is the top student job. And uh, I got a master's degree in history along the way, and then I became the curator at the fort. Did that for seven years, and then uh, for seven more years, I was the uh, guard commander or the supervisor programs or whatever it's called now. Uh, but then I moved on for a bit. I got a teaching degree and I uh, went back to be a teacher, uh, retired from the limestone board after uh, 14 years as a, as a principal, and uh, wrote a book along the way. It's in its third edition, which is kind of cool. Thank goodness they sell yes. it at the fort. And I don't make a lot of money off it, <laughs> but it was a, it was a fun process and um, it's a lot of people have enjoyed it. I'm sure. Yes. Um, I recently have had this book in my possession at home and I, I am loving it. And the imagery is so beautiful and funny, a little note for our listeners. It's such a small world. Sometimes uh, when, when we were talking pre-interview here, we found out that Steve actually taught my husband, which is just too funny. <laughs> Small world. Yeah, well, that was a while ago. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, let's let's dive into today's topic. So Fort Henry has hosted the United States Marine Corps for joint ceremonial shows, competitions, and other great fun for many, many years. This relationship is incredible. What can you tell me about the relationship between Fort Henry and USMC? Well, it's it's a very long one. Uh, it started in 1954. The man who uh, restored, was in charge of the restoration of Fort Henry and whose idea of the Fort Henry Guard was, his name is Ronald Way. And he was a, a brilliant historian and he was also a really sharp marketing guy. And it's 54, tourism's starting to grow, the highways are growing, 
and he's trying to think, well, you know, how do I, how do I get people into Fort Henry to see the place? So he managed to get uh, this drill detachment of the United States Marine Corps to come up to Fort Henry to celebrate a, an obscure World War II uh, treaty between Canada and the United States called the Ogdensburg Agreement. Like nobody's ever heard of it and I won't go into it, but that was the hook to get the Marines there. So they came up, they did this parade. Uh, the fort was pretty full, uh, a couple thousand people for sure. And then the, the word got back to the Commandant of the Marine Corps that these guys at Fort Henry were pretty good. And so the next year, he sent an invitation for the Fort Henry Guard to go down to Washington, D.C. for uh, July 1, 2, 3, and 4, 1955, hot as Hades. Uh, they took the train. And anyway, it's, it spawned from those two uh, events. Uh, it, was a, it was a regular occurrence between the Fort and the Marines. The Marines would come up one year, the Guard would go down another year for quite a few years. Um, in the 70s. I was uh, lucky enough to be part of that. And it's just, it's just grown and grown and uh, continues to this day. I mean, there's still, uh, the Marines were up uh, last summer or the summer before. The Guard hasn't gone to Washington for quite some time because of budget constraints. Uh, but the bonds are there. You know, I've got a couple of really good friends that were in the United States Marine Corps. Like, how weird is that for a Canadian to say that? Uh, <laughs> it's unique. Lots of guys in the guard have good friends that uh, were in the Marines. Very cool. You know, what kind of things have happened between the two groups? If, if there's kind of, a, you know, a few um, examples you can think of that our listeners might find interesting. Well, there's the, there's the joint parades, which are always a lot of fun um, and just a great deal of work and effort. But um, there was always the social things. Uh, like I remember a visit we had, uh, we went to the White House and we got sort of a special tour of the White House when we were down there. And um, one, one of the guard asked, asked the uh, a gentleman in the White House if he was a summer student. And of course this guy was with the Secret Service. <laughs> so he sort of looked askance and no, I'm with the Secret Service. Like what a dumb question is that? Um, but there's, uh, there's always, um, uh, we like to share the odd, uh, brew now and then, uh, and that's always fun. Um, there've been, uh, uh, visits to, uh, historic sites and those kinds of things when they come up here and we sort of take them around or I got a, like a couple of my friends, the Marines, well, I have a boat. So we'd always go for out on the St. Lawrence river and my boat and just, you know, enjoy the off time, um, and just forming the relationships and the friendships and uh, with with people that have sort of been through it and understand how hard it is to pull off something like this. Uh, it's very meaningful. Absolutely. It's, I can only imagine how much, how much work that is. And let's dive, let's dive into that as well. What is a joint ceremonial with the USMC and the Fort Henry guard and why is it important? Well, it's, it started off with, uh, it always starts off with the uh, ceremonial uh, changing of the keys. And what it, what that means is that um, you take the fort and you hand it over to somebody else to look after it for 24 hours. Uh, the fort was, when it was garrisoned by the British army, the, the sentries and those kinds of things would change. And um, if another another uh, regiment was coming into the fort, well, there would be a formal ceremony. 
to hand over the responsibility of the fort to this other group. Um, now, so the fort started doing that with the Marine Corps, uh, which is somewhat unusual because you don't usually hand your fort over to a foreign power. Uh, but the, we thought the Marine Corps were pretty friendly at the time <laughs> and have continued to be so. So there's this, this ceremonial part of it, <laughs> which is, you know, pomp and circumstance and it's, it's codified like you wouldn't believe and it happens in a certain way and it has for, you know, like 300 years in the British Army kind of thing. Um, so there's that part of it. And then um, the other part is that both side or both groups get to show what they do. Um, the Fort Henry Guard has a, um, a drill squad, which is an infantry group that parades with rifles and uh, does mock battle tactics and things. Uh, the Marine Corps have a silent drill platoon, which is an infantry group. They don't have mock battles, but they do silent drill, no commands. It's very, very impressive. And then the Marine Corps has a, a drum and bugle corps, which is uh, one of the best in the world. It's just brass and percussion. And um, the music that they produce is they're just excellent, excellent musicians. And um, the guard has a fife and drum band, which is also full of excellent musicians. So both groups get to parade and, uh, and show their stuff and uh, wow the audience. And it's, it's really something to see. And then it, it finishes off with the firing of the cannons on the walls at the fort and the lowering of the flag signifying uh, the night has come, uh, the parade is over and uh, it's time to go to bed. Last thing we play is called Lights Out, which historically is the last vehicle call of the night in a fort. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of work and it's spectacular to see when you come to the fort. Absolutely. And we're, we're recording this in 2021. So unfortunately this summer season, we weren't able to host the United States Marine Corps for a joint ceremonial show. Um, I do encourage people to, once we get back to doing those shows, and we certainly will to come check it out because they're impressive and, and beautiful. I am wondering though, okay, we know they've happened in Kingston, but has, have these shows ever taken place in Washington? Many times, many times. Uh, like I say, the fort, the guard first went in 1955, uh, they went they went by train. They marched down to the train station, which was down by uh, oh, the K Rock Center, I think. About then, got on the train, and then they went to Washington. And when they got off the train, Ronald Way made everybody put on the uniform. And there's these fabulous pictures of the Fort Henry Guard marching out of Washington's Union Station, led by a goat. Wow! The mascot of the Fort Henry Guard. Uh, and then they marched into the Marine barracks and it's all, it's pretty impressive stuff. And, uh, for 1955, uh, it was amazing. Things have improved since then. <laughs> uh, we don't have to take trains anymore, but, um, the guards been to Washington probably 25 times. The Marines have been up to, to uh, Fort Henry at least that many times. There was a number of years where they came every year, but the guard couldn't go down to Washington for budget reasons. Uh, so. You know, it's in the 40s or 50s, the number of times that uh, the Guard and the Marines have gotten together and paraded together and sort of renew the camaraderies from year to year and renew the friendships. So it's been going, it's, it's equal, if you will, you know, both sides go to both, both places and uh, we just have so much fun. That's awesome. In my last conversation with a few of the gentlemen from the Marines, they were explaining to me about this hallway that is just filled with 
amazing photos of the guard. And so when they were telling me that I had so much pride being at Fort Henry, um, knowing that that relationship is, is mutual and valued on both sides. It's really awesome. There's also uh, at the, the hallway would be in the probably the drum and bugle corps uh, headquarters because they're the they're the constant. Many 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 of them have been to the fort many times. The musicians, uh, the infantry guys, not so much at all. So that's mostly who we have these long term friendships with. Okay. Um, but in Washington, there's a, a place called Center House, which is um, a small house within the within the Marine barracks, and. Um, it's a it's their mess. It's their their bar for the officers, and it is also full of photographs and memorabilia of uh, uh, um, things that the guard has presented to the Marines. Uh, there are several um, Fort Henry Guard drums. Uh, there are several ceremonial small model cannon presentation pieces in there. There's a Snyder Enfield, which is the rifle that the guard carries, but it's a a really nice presentation one on a big plaque so yeah there's lots of things like that and of course at Fort Henry there's a the guard memorial room which is uh, a museum room inside the fort which is full of memorabilia of things that uh, the marines have given to uh, Fort uh, Fort Henry guard as well. I would love to dive a little deeper into what goes into putting on these huge shows from my perspective at the fort working in the events department you know my job is quite easy I make sure that everyone is on site when they're supposed to be on site. And then when the show is taking place, I turn on lights when they need to turn on, right? So I've, I've got a pretty simple role for the guard. And so from your perspective as someone who has both been in the guard and has led the guard, what does it take to pull off these shows from the guard's perspective? Um, it takes blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, it, starts, it starts in May when the guard comes to work. Usually we know that the Marines are gonna come or if they're not. So on a given year, the preparations, the focus of the, the training for the guard, the end goal in sight is the shows that we're gonna be doing with the Marines, whenever that may be in July or August. And it's a great deal of learning. It's a great deal of uh, musical uh, acquisition. They gotta know, the musicians have to know all the musical tones. Uh, they have to know all the uh, the drill movements that go with the music. Uh, the uh, men and women in the drill squad uh, have to know all the maneuvers of the drill squad. For every year that changes, the person in charge of the drill squad determines what that's going to look like. And it's, it's building blocks. And every year you always start with people who've never, ever worked at Fort Henry. So their learning curve is pretty steep. Uh, you got to learn the drill. You got to learn how to give guided tours. You got to know customer service. Got to learn how to get along with a bunch of other people in a small space if you don't already know how to do that. And uh, there's just there's so much. And because the guard has a long history, there are a lot of leaders who come up through the ranks and who uh, shape what the guard is going to look like on any given year when it's their turn to lead. Uh, and that has been a, a mainstay within the guard. I mean, I, I was the guard commander and, and ultimately the person in charge of the guard for uh, a number of years. Uh, but it was always the, the men and women in the guard who did the work. I mean, you sort of show them what the end goal is and they all know what the end goal is because they've been in the guard. Uh, 
uh, and, and you know, you provide direction and all that kind of thing. But uh, the students in the guard, they're the ones who have to make it happen. And uh, we've always been blessed with, with really great employees and people who are able and willing to step up and perform in the light when you turn the lights on. <laughs> and uh, it, uh, it's really something to see. We've talked about the shows and we've talked about the friendships that have developed outside of the shows. Another thing I wanted to touch on is friendly competition. I understand there are little events that can take place as part of the weekend that the United States Marine Corps are here. What can you tell me about that? I can tell you lots about that. There are, <laughs> Perfect. Uh, we have a number of events. We used to have, uh, we used to compete in uh, softball, basketball, volleyball, uh, football or soccer, and then something called the Gunner's Gun competition, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, over the years, the number of competitions has decreased as the number of uh, women and men in the guard has decreased because um, we're just not able to field uh, even somewhat competitive teams in all the events that the Marines will come up and they'll bring 100 people. Well, if we've only got 60 or less, uh, that makes it hard. But always, always great camaraderie, uh, always uh, fellowship. And it's, we used to have, we, there still is a trophy for the various athletic competitions that sort of gets handed back and forth. And um, it's, uh, it's a good time. Uh, the, the big, the highlight competition is what's called the Gunner's Gun. And uh, we came up with that in 1977. Uh, it's just something different. And it, it's a drill competition that involves uh, reproduction, uh, small artillery pieces or small six pounder field gun. It's a, a reproduction of a gun that was used by the Royal Artillery in the 1860s. And it's something that the Fort Henry Guard uses uh, during its uh, ceremonies and uh, battle tactics and things like that. And we thought it would be fun to try to teach the Marines how to do this over a three day period and then compete with us. Now that sounds grossly unfair because they don't have very long to learn. And, but in fact, it's way more fair than you might think. Um, the Marines and the Fort Henry Guard have shared the, the trophy back and forth over the years many times. Marines have won it lots. We have won it lots. Um, all the instructors are in the Guard. So there's, there's a couple of instructors designated to teach the Marines how to do this. And there's instructors uh, who uh, work with the Guard. Uh, and it's, it's incredible to watch because since so many Marines come back each year that are in the, especially in the Drum Bugle Corps, after a while, there's, there's a bunch of guys there that they did it last year and the year before and the year before. So they're pretty good at it too. Uh, so it's a, it's a best two out of three. You got to fire a couple of shots and do the drill right. And you can lose marks if you don't do it right or do things. If you drop the powder, that's a real no-no. Uh, but it's uh, everybody's on the side cheering loudly. And uh, it's just, it's, it's an amazing amount of fun. And uh, we always... That's the sort of highlight of the friendly competitions between the Guard and the Marine Corps. Cool. Yeah, well, it sounds like a lot of fun. Um, Steve, something I haven't learned much, much about is what an honorary Guard commander is. So what can you tell me about that role for the Fort Henry Guard? What does an honorary Guard commander do? Okay, well, the honorary Guard, the first honorary Guard commander was uh, the Commandant of the Marine Corps. 
Um, and he was uh, in 1955 when the guard was down there. Historically, there's an honorary um, colonel of a, of a British regiment. And the honorary colonel is usually somebody who has some money, he has influence, and he can do things for the, uh, the regiment that are help it out in various ways. Uh, and it's kind of the same idea for the honorary guard commander. Um, it was, it was uh, General Shepard for a very long time, uh, but the, um, the former Lieutenant Governor of Ontario, the Honorable Hal Jackman, he was our Army Guard Commander for a while. Uh, the Honorable Peter Milliken, a former uh, Member of Parliament for Kingston and longest serving Speaker of the House in Canada, um, he was our Honorary Guard Commander for quite a while. And uh, we've had, oh geez, Hugh, Hugh Siegel. Uh, former, the Honorable Hugh Siegel, former Senator, um, was uh, our Army Guard Commander. And now we have uh, uh, retired General Lewis McKenzie as our Honorary uh, Guard Commander. And they, you know, what do they do? Um, they help the Guard. Uh, they are promoters of the Guard in various things that they may see or do in their lives. Um, we're Often they're financially uh, supportive of the Guard or the Fort Henry Guard Club, which is the Guard's alumni organization in one way or another, because the Fort Henry Guard Club furthers the, the goals and objectives of the, of the Guard and tries to do things for the Guard that the Guard can't do for itself sometimes. So it's, it's a great, and I mean, they're morale boosters. I mean, they'll come and all these, all these people were great uh, speakers. They come and talk to the Guard and you, know, you can't help when you listen to some of these guys, just get, really excited and and you know get 100% behind what they they have to say and so it's a it's a good thing for the for the guard and i mean it's a good thing for the fort they promote the fort as well as the guard interesting so just for my own curiosity how does that come to fruition how do you how do you become the honorary guard commander is that something that oh, fort henry guard club uh, of canada votes on or no no um, how do you become the honorary guard commander uh, it is a, a joint thing between the Fort Henry Guard Club and St. Lawrence Park Submission. And um, there are there's a number of people who um, on sort of both sides of a committee, if you will, and it kind of goes from there. It sounds like a great addition. I love that. Well, I have learned a lot today about this. You know, the, the title of the podcast episode today couldn't be more perfect, an unbroken bond. It's It's true and it's awesome and it's very interesting. And I, I learned a lot today. So you know, Steve, is there just anything else that you want to share about this unique relationship that has stayed so strong over the generations? There's, there's a couple of things I think uh, that bear uh, discussion or, or comment, at least. I mean, Canada and the United States have the, arguably the longest undefended border in the world. Um, and the reason is mostly we get along. And there are, I'm sure, other connections like this across the border between various organizations in Canada and the U.S., uh, but the, the connection between the Guard and the Marine Corps is uh, a special one, and it's often one that Canadians hear of it, and they just think, like, what? You know, these are, these are professional soldiers, and they come up here, and they do this, and interact with these students, and it works. Um, and it does. I mean, it, it really does. Uh, in the 70s, I mean, there were Vietnam War veterans in the Marine Corps. And uh, that's when I was in the guard, and I was wow. like, "Wow, this is this. These guys have seen some nasty stuff, you know." And yet they came to the fort. The, they treat everybody treats each other as equals, um, and it just 
it works and there's a, there's a great deal of respect on, on both sides, uh, which, you know, continues. So that's pretty cool. The, the other thing I think is that um, working in the Fort Henry Guard is a very, um, a very interesting job. Um, and for uh, uh, a guy or a girl who's uh, in university or coming out of high school, it is just a fantastic job. And I have had so many former um, guard members who worked for me, who have come back to me and said like, I learned virtually everything I needed to know about work life um, and, and personal whatever when I was in the guard. Like, you know, you show up on time, you do the job that somebody asks you to do. Uh, there is a hierarchy. Um, you're part of a team. The team aspect, I just can't, um, I can't emphasize enough. Um, everybody needs to know how to work on a team, but everybody doesn't. Um, you don't come out of high school or you're not in university uh, you, and there's, you don't know how to be on a team. Well, you can't work at Fort Henry without being on a team. You know your place, you know how you work with the team, um, you move up, you get more responsibility, but it's, it's just a, I don't want to say it's a life-changing event. It sounds a bit, a bit much, but uh, the skills and abilities that you learn as a member of the guard and with those, you know, relationships with other outside organizations in other countries like the U.S. Marine Corps, um, you can't buy those. You just can't. And they're, they're, they're lifelong and they'll last you right to your dying day. That's really, really awesome. Steve, thank you so much for taking the time today for this interview. It's clear that you really value this relationship. And I just love that, that you're able to share your passion on this topic. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you very much. And thank you to those who joined us today for the conversation. We hope to catch you for the next episode of Hilltop History when we dive deep into a system of towers with an impressive defensive design. We'll see you then.